the Leadership Lessons Podcast, hosted by Pastor Daniel Williams, a podcast to encourage and equip church leaders. Brought to you by eeleaders.com. Well, hey everyone, we have another great episode for you. Today we're gonna talk about prioritizing the gospel. This is such a great time of the year. Last week we just celebrated Easter, uh, saw lives be transformed by the power of this gospel of Jesus Christ, that he is a God that loves, that forgives, that restores, that gives life and redeems. And uh, it's so amazing and so important for us to understand this is good news. God actually wants to give us good news for our life, for other people, and uh, he really does love the world. That he gave his only son. Whoever would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I pray that you never get tired of hearing that verse, hearing this message, the gospel. It's one message, but has multiple uh, implications and applications to our heart, to our life. And so today we're going to talk about how as ministers of the gospel, how as church leaders do we prioritize this in ministry and serving God uh, in living this life. And today is really special because we have sort of a, a youth pastor takeover. I have two youth pastors sharing. Uh, first, uh, Kevin Saxon. He's the youth uh, pastor, director over at Family Church. He's been, uh, man, this guy is a living legend in our area. He's been a youth pastor for over 10 years to junior high. Uh, it's incredible. And uh, I love that guy. Him, uh, his kids, and I, my kids go to the same school, uh, Lake, Worth, um, Lake Worth Christian School. Uh, in Boynton Beach, and it's just a blessing to know him, to see not only his ministry impact our area, but just his family, uh, his children, his life. Uh, and guess what? I know him personally. Uh, he still really loves youth ministry. He loves equipping people. Uh, he loves uh, directing them to Jesus, making disciples. And this guy's a stud, man. He's bivocational. He's also uh, a chief um in the fire department here in Delray Beach, a fire chief, and um, he just loves pouring into people. And he has a great word for us today. Uh, my second youth pastor friend, Herb, we'll get into this after his lesson, but Herb Hartzell is in North Carolina, and um, he's going to be sharing about the importance of making pe- letting, make, making sure that people respond to the gospel. And so uh, this episode is going to be fun. It's going to be by a whole bunch of youth pastor guys that I know that have affected me. And so uh, this is the first lesson. And the first guy, Kevin Saxton, uh, pastor over at Family Church, he's going to talk about the necessity of prioritizing the gospel. And I know that you're going to be blessed. I hope it makes you focused and encouraged because, man, the gospel really is good news. And so here's my friend, Kevin Saxton. Hi, my name is Kevin Saxton, and I have the uh, great privilege of serving as the middle school pastor at Family Church downtown in West Palm Beach, Florida. I've been on staff with Family Church for a little over 11 years, but I've served with middle school students for, uh, for over 15 years. And so I, I love the opportunity to work with middle school students. Um, I love the opportunity to work for a church, but it's not all I do. I also um, am a firefighter, so I'm bivocational. Um, I like to tell my students all the time that I work for the fire department two days a week, and I get to be their pastor seven days a week. And so I get nine days in my week. Don't you wish you had nine days in your week? 
Um, but I, uh, I'm also, I'm married to Tracy, my wife. We've been married for about 11 years. We have seven children. Um, we, uh, we did have twins there in the middle. That's one of the questions people ask. And so we, uh, we had twins in the middle, but then we ha- kept having kids so people would know we'd, we're serious. So um, we love our family and uh, it's never a dull moment. It's very busy. And so sometimes it's hard to, uh, to sort out with that many things going on with ministry and uh, vocation and, um, and education there for a long time. And the family, sometimes it's hard to sort out what, well, how do you prioritize? That's one of the questions I get asked the most is, well, how do you prioritize what you're supposed to be doing and when you're supposed to be doing it? And like, how do you figure all that out? And um, it's, a, it's a complicated answer, but at the same time, it's not. When I was uh, when I first graduated high school, I, I came to faith in high school. I went to church my whole life, but I went I came to faith when I was in high school, and uh, I realized for the first time that God loved me, and um, and that completely changed my entire world. I grew up singing "Jesus loves me, this I know," but never thought about the fact that He loved me uh, with a personal love for this guy. I've, you know, the whole, God loves the whole world, but no, God loves me and that completely changed my life and so when it did i determined that even though i know a lot of bible stories and i know where to find things in the bible and i know things about the bible i want to know what the bible actually says and i want to know what jesus actually would have us do and so i went back to the scripture and i started studying the scripture and trying to figure out what am i supposed to be doing what are the most important things what is it um, that, um, that, that should be driving my thoughts and should be driving the way that I act and the decisions that I make in my life and those types of things. And so I, I went back to scripture. Now, <clears throat> one time, um, a, a few years ago, probably seven or eight years ago now, I had some Mormon missionaries come to my door and, um, they came to my door and I, I couldn't talk to them at the time, but I wanted to talk to them. I wanted, I wanted to have the opportunity to interact with them. I wanted to know what they thought. I wanted to be able to, to share, um, share what I believe with them. And, and so I set an appointment, they came back and they came to my house. And what I kind of determined through that conversation is that, um, is that they, in, in their beliefs and in their doctrine, they believe that everything is, holds the same importance. And so every single thing is the most important thing. And I just don't know how that can be. Like if everything is the most important thing, then nothing is the most important thing. And so, um, so that's kind of been my, my life <clears throat> ambition is to know what is the most important thing? What is it that we're supposed to be doing? And so um, there's different verses in scripture that kind of um, point that out. But um, there, there's, there's a couple things that have, that have helped. One is, is thinking about um, something that Al Muller calls theological triage. So there are, um, triage means to sort, and so there are so many doctrines in Scripture. And so um, what is the most important things? What are the non-negotiables? What are the things that if we don't believe this, we're not even really believers in Jesus? What are those things? And then um, that's kind of like a tier one. And then uh, what are those things that, um, that, are, that make us distinct in our beliefs as a, as a denomination or as a church or whatever it may be? What are those things that we say, hey, these are things that make us who we are? That's tier two. And then tier three is, hey, what are those things that are kind of tertiary? What are those things that are, um, that are more, um, more up for grabs in a way that we can, we can still fellowship together in the same body, but may have different beliefs. And, and so sometimes that tier three levels, things like the end times or um, where we might, what we might think about gifts of the spirit or um, there are, you know, small things with interpretation of scripture, those types of things. Tier two might be things like the way we believe about baptism or the ordinances or those types of things. Um, tier, tier one would be things like, what do we believe about God? Who is God? Um, who is the, the Trinity? Who is, um, who is 
Jesus, who is the Holy Spirit, like those types of things would be those non-negotiables that God created the world, that um, that the the Bible is the absolute truth, the Word of God, like those types of things. And so that's a really helpful concept. But to me, also going back to Scripture and knowing, hey, what are these most important things is really helpful. Because I think what happens sometimes in the church is we get really excited about, okay, well, prayer, that's what it is. It's, it's prayer. We've got to pray more. It's prayer, prayer, prayer. Like that's the biggest thing. That's the most important thing we could be doing. Well, I don't disagree that prayer is important. I don't disagree that it's a vital part of our life, but is it the most important thing? And sometimes we'll be like, well, going to church. If you don't go to church, like you got to go to church, got to go to church, got to go to church. That's the most important thing. Well, I don't disagree that we ought to be fellowshipping with a body of believers. Like, I think that's absolutely true. But is that the most important thing? Or, you know, the same thing happens sometimes with missions. Like, oh, if we're not, we got to be doing missions, missions, missions. That's the most important thing. Like, if we're not sending missionaries, we're not doing the right thing. Well, should we be sending missionaries? Absolutely. But is that the most important thing? Like, what is the most important thing? Um, there's, there's really three passages that, um, that in my, um, my life I've kind of found in Scripture that kind of speak in terms of a superlative, like, hey, this is a, what you're supposed to be doing. And, and so the, um, those three passages, well, I'm going to get to the one that I think is, is, um, is the most important, but, um, but there's, there's three passages. One is Micah 6, 8. I've, I've always loved Micah 6, 8. I even named one of my sons Micah, and um, because of this, he's, he says, He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. And so as I think about my life, well, what am I supposed to be doing? Like there's so many commands in Scripture and there's so many things in Scripture that we could incorporate into our life. But it's kind of summed up there. And he, he's told you, man, he's told you what you're supposed to be doing and what the Lord requires of you. Do justice, love kindness, walk humbly with your God. So even that sometimes, though, we say, well, then social justice, like that's the most important thing. We've got to be really focused on social justice or uh, we've got to be really focused on, you know, taking care of our um, taking care of people that are in desperate situations and those types of things. And should we be doing that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this says that we should be doing that. But is that the most important thing? You know, there was the um, the teacher of the law that came to Jesus and he said, hey, Jesus, what is the most important commandment? And Jesus said, the most important commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, your mind, your strength. The second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I think that means that um, we love God first. That's the very first thing that we do. Um, but I think that we can't really separate those commandments either. That, our, um, that part of the way that we show that we love God is by, um, is by loving our neighbor. Like that's part of the way we show that we love Him is to love the people that He loves. Um, but then it's like, well, how do we, how do we do that? Like, how do we actually love people? How do we, how do we really do the things that, um, that show that we actually do love God and we do love people? And, and still it brings us to the question, like, what is the most important thing? Like, what, what is it? And I would, um, I would argue that the most important thing is the gospel. Now, the gospel means something in particular. Sometimes when we say the gospel, we mean um, we might mean um, the the gospels, like the gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, or or we might mean uh, we might say the gospel, and we say, well, that means good news, and so we mean uh, the good news, like the whole Bible, like that's the gospel, that's the most important thing, or um, or we may mean something completely different. Some people mean think um, mean something completely different when they say the gospel. Um, but I think the gospel is the most important thing, but I also think the gospel is something very particular. And so, and, and the reason I think it's the most important thing is because that's what the Bible actually says. Um, it says right here 
in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now, this is Paul writing to the church in Corinth, and he's saying to the church in Corinth, um, you know, he's, he's, he's calling out some of the, some of the sin that's there, some of the hypocrisy there. He's calling some of those things out. And then he's, you know, Paul always starts with some theology and then he goes to some more practicality. But in, in, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, um, he's writing to them. It's kind of a, a pastoral uh, moment, a pastoral way that he's writing. And this is, this is what he says. Now I'd remind you brothers, um, or brothers and sisters of the gospel I preached to you, which you received in which you stand and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. Now he's saying that he's reminding them of the gospel. And so they, they, they would understand what the gospel means. Um, but then he, uh, but then he articulates what the gospel actually is. And so in verse three, he says, for I delivered to you as of first importance, what I also received that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And then he appeared to Cephas, then to the 12. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. And so Paul says very clearly what the most important thing is. He says, for I delivered to you as of first importance. And so other words, um, this is the thing that defines the rest of the things. And so if you don't have this thing figured out, is it possible? Like, can we actually figure out the other things? And so the thing that is of first, of, um, first importance is the gospel. That's what he's reminding them of. He says, I'm reminding you of the gospel. And then here is the gospel. This is the gospel that I received from Christ, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. So the gospel is something very particular. The gospel is the fact that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, was buried, and God raised him from the dead. And so when we think about the most important thing as a believer in Jesus, that's the thing that allows us to be saved. That's the thing where God accomplishes the miracle of taking the sins of all of mankind and placing them on Jesus on the cross and taking this, the righteousness of Jesus and placing it on all who repent and believe. We accomplish that amazing miracle, the most miraculous miracle that he has ever accomplished in, in changing our nature from, from being people who are are um, born sinners and born in a way that we just all we do is run from God to being at a point where we can have a relationship with God. It's the gospel that makes that possible. And so we may think, well, the gospel didn't appear in the Bible until pretty late. You know, there's more books in the Old Testament than there are in the New Testament. But as we look through the pages of Scripture, everything we see in a page of Scripture points to the gospel. The creation itself points to, points to God. It points to the Trinity. We see that even in creation. And we see um, even in the fall of mankind that God promises that he's going to send someone that's going to, he's going to fix it. Like that God has a plan to fix this. Um, and, he, and we know that, he's, that that plan is that he's going to send Jesus. And we see throughout even the law and throughout all the Old Testament and the prophets, everything is pointing to the fact that we can't do it on our own. There's no amount of rule keeping. There's no amount of um, goodness or being good that we can do. There's nothing that we can do on our own. It all points to the fact that we need something outside of ourselves. And so when you get to the New Testament, we see that that's something outside of ourselves is that um, God sent his son Jesus to be born a virgin and to live a sinless life and then to die a sinner's, cross, a sinner's death on the cross. And because he, of that, um, because of the because of the sacrifice of Jesus, because um, we we nobody can we can't give our lives for ourselves because we're there's nothing that the Bible says our good works are even like filthy rags, and so we can't 
we can't save ourselves, but we need something outside of ourselves to save ourselves. And, and Christ paid our penalty on the cross. And if that is true, if it is true that Jesus really did die on the cross for our sins and that he was buried, that God really did raise him from the dead, which is the which is more the focus in the rest of um, First Corinthians 15. If that really is the case, then the, how could that not be one of the most important? This the most it's the pivotal event in all of human history where we go from being people who are um, trying to keep laws and keep rules that we can't keep, um, believing in the promises of God, yet still unable to to get to the point. Where where we are free um, from our sin, where we go from that to going to, to this point where God completely turns history around, where we're no longer just trying to atone for or account for our own sins, but Jesus is accounting for and atoning for our sins on the cross. And so because of that, all of history shifts. Everything is different now. And so because of that, we can have a relationship with God. Because of that, we really can love the Lord our God with all our hearts, our minds, our strength. And it's only because of that that we even know what it's like to love our neighbor as ourselves. And so the gospel changes everything. We say that in my family all the time, that the gospel changes everything. Nothing stays the same. And as believers in Jesus, there's the, it's the most important thing that we could possibly share. If someone were to say to me, hey, um, you have one message that you can deliver to someone that, um, that, that a stranger, someone you know well, someone that you love, one thing, you can only tell them one thing. Well, I want to tell them the gospel. That's the most important thing. Paul says it's of first importance. And if we don't understand the gospel, if we don't build our lives on the gospel of Jesus, we really, it, then what, what is prayer then if that's not what we're doing? And what is missions if that's not what we're doing? And what is social justice if that's not what we're doing? Our lives have to be built and rooted on the gospel of Jesus as a matter of first importance. And it's only because of that, because of a life built on the foundation of the gospel, built on the foundation of the cross, that we actually can be the church that God intends for us to be, that we can be the people that God intends for us to be, that we can do those other things. All those things are rooted in the gospel. And so for us, practically then, what we have to constantly be doing is reminding ourselves of the gospel. As a pastor like I, and as a, as a trainer of other um, ministers, I make it a point to, to teach them that we're not ever going to preach a message that wouldn't be true if Jesus hadn't died on the cross and been rose, risen, uh, raised from the dead. We're, we're not ever going to preach a message like that. We're not going to preach a message where, that gives us any sort of hope on our own, um, but we're going to preach a message that gives us hope because of the cross, because of Jesus. Everything is built and rooted upon that. And so we have to constantly remind ourselves of that, constantly remind our, ourselves in the way that we live our lives that that's, um, that's how we're able to be the people of God. And, and that's the good news that the rest of the world needs to hear. And that's the thing that ought to motivate our prayers is, is, um, is praying for the people that they hear about the, they hear about the good news of the gospel. Um, they've got of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, that the, that the missions that we go on, that they're all about reaching people with the best news the world has ever heard, the gospel, that the social justice that we engage in, we're engaging in it with the good news that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, was buried, and God raised him from the dead, that we could have a relationship with him. And so we, that is the thing that we have to constantly keep before us as we meet together as a church we're not meeting together as a church to to um to to rally as if we're some sort of country club we're meeting together to be reminded of the gospel reminded of who we are apart from christ but then who we are in christ and then what we can do as a result of knowing jesus and so um and so when i when i study scripture and when i look at scripture i'm trying to figure out what is it that ought to motivate me to be who God has called me to be? What is it that His love that He showed us on the cross, what is it that that ought to motivate me to do? Well, it's to build my life on the gospel and then share the gospel with as many people as possible as a matter of first importance.
Well, like I said, this episode is going to be full of youth pastors. Uh, not only is this episode full of wisdom from Kevin Saxon, who's not only a firefighter, amazing, but also, even more amazing, investing his entire life in middle schoolers. Love that guy. And what a great word to prioritize this good news, this gospel of Jesus Christ as ministers of Jesus. We should just glory in the gospel. And uh, the next guy that I want to share with you, another youth pastor is in North Carolina, my friend Herb Hartso. Uh, and let me just give you a little background content. This, this episode, this one piece of advice is special to me uh, because it reminds me of God's faithfulness, of His goodness, uh, that He answers prayer. I remember when I was a teenager, um, I rededicated my life to the Lord and Herb Hertzo was actually a part of my youth group. Uh, he used to go to my church, um, Calvary Chapel, Tacoma, in the hood with his cousin. And he wasn't walking with the Lord. Uh, he heard the gospel because he was going to church, but he wasn't, he didn't repent and believe and, and he was um, just doing his own thing. And I remember specifically when I rededicated my life, he was one of the people that I prayed for. And God really ministered uh, to me because I remember the Holy Spirit telling me that he would go into ministry, that he would save this guy's life. And uh, he was one of the first people that I remember praying for and God doing a miraculous work in his heart. And so um, Herb could testify, we grew up together. Uh, he was far from God. And uh, man, so even just even just listening to this uh, video, hearing this video uh, is just a, it's an amazing reminder to me that God hears our prayers. God does really hear our prayers and, and God sees our faithfulness. My dad pastored a church growing up and um, still pastoring to this day. And I could think of two other people that are in ministry that were our age that are that are now serving the Lord. And, and Herb Hartzell's one of those guys. I love this guy and he has a passion for the gospel. He definitely is an evangelist uh, and he loves letting people know about the reality of heaven and hell and turning to Jesus, this good news that we have in Christ. And so you're gonna see, if you're watching this on video, uh, you're gonna see he truly is a youth pastor because he, he shot this, um, with his iPhone, and so it's not typical HD, it's like straight Snapchat video, uh, but it, the content is great, I love it. He's in uh, Durham, North Carolina, doing a great work, and I just love this brother's passion for the gospel. And so here is Herb's one piece of advice. You're listening to One Piece of Advice, brought to you by eeleaders.com a ministry to encourage and equip church leaders. Hey everyone, my name is Herb Hartso and I serve at Greystone Church in Durham, North Carolina. I'm the student pastor at Greystone Church and I'm honored to share one piece of advice today which is salvation. We have been saved from hell through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we must understand that hell is the only alternative to heaven. And Jesus Christ came and saved us from hell. Let I want that to sink in for a little bit that that is the only alternative. And when we understand this simple concept that there's only two places where you can go when you die and that Jesus saved us, 
When you understand that concept, it's very simple. You will share the gospel more often. But this is something you have to dwell on continually. Can you imagine eternal separation from God in a real place called hell? I can't even fathom uh, not being in the presence of God or not feeling um, His presence. I read a book and a pastor said, Eternity hangs in the balance. And when we minister, we must remember that eternity is at stake for people. James 4.14 says, You do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? Is it even a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes away? So when we minister to people, we must give them an opportunity to respond to the gospel, do an invitation of some sort so that they can have an opportunity to be saved. You know, say the sinner's prayer with them, ask them to raise their hand, ask them to fill something out, but let's give them an opportunity because they might not know how to be saved in eternity hangs in the balance. Life on earth Let's say we live to be 90 years or so. I say it's like this big. But eternity, let's say 90 trillion years, is way off the screens. It's, it's that big. And so that, that's a big difference. So let's live for eternity. Let's remember our salvation. That's most important. My hope is in eternal life which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. Titus chapter 1, verse 2. Be blessed. Share the good news of Jesus Christ. Pray and ask the Lord to give you a heart of evangelism. There are many people out there that need the gospel. And how can they hear without someone preaching the good news? The Bible says, how beautiful are the feet of those who share the good news. Be blessed today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I really hope that this episode encouraged you not only to remember what the gospel is, but encourage you to preach the gospel to others, to keep preaching this good news, that you remind yourself that the, the gospel has the power to save and transform lives. And we really want to let people know. And so uh, we're going to talk about practical tips and tricks and how do we practically share the gospel and love our city and partner with other churches to make disciples. And so on next week's episode, we're going to talk to some uh, local legends here in Delray Beach um, and have them share their wisdom. Pastor Casey Cleveland from the Avenue Church, Pastor Vince Putnam from Trinity Church, all both servants of God, men of God here in Delray Beach. And, and Casey has a great word uh, where he's going to share about how do you love the city that you're in, uh, loving your city, and how do you share this gospel to them? Uh, and so until next time, I pray that the gospel penetrates your heart uh, in a deep and great way. So ministry is an overflow of your heart. So you're receiving this good news for yourself, and out of the abundance of this love that God has for you, you're giving that to other people. May we have great and many opportunities this week to share this good news with other people. God bless. I'm praying for you guys. And may you just enjoy the good news of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening to this Leadership Lessons podcast. 
You can watch all the episodes and get all the show notes at eeleaders.com. If this podcast was a blessing to you, I would love for you to share it with your friends on social media. You can find us on social media at eeleaders. You can also help us spread the word by simply writing a review on iTunes or Google Play. My hope for you with this podcast is that it would encourage you and equip you to continue to serve Jesus. Because remember, there's nothing better than doing what God has called you to do.